0: 21, that's prime time. 94 with a touchdown. That's two numbers. Make your crew wonder how the heck did I get stuck now? If slack just is impacting, packing, I'm sick. Jack and data recovery. Compton Sherman's got you squirming like Steve Irwin on Discovery. Rest in peace. My envoy sends Rob Roy and Ewan McGregor not undertakers. Habib's knees please better believe that my oats still mill like Quakers. State. Because we got three wise dudes in three countries that are spitting on the mic. Never thought I'd be doing something so radical like preaching in my life because it's a little bit of tricky, tricky tempo, no bars let go, trying to get more clients like my name was Brad Renfro. Push pull requests like it's full recess. Data on Kubernetes community makes your skull keep fresh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23rd installment of the Data on Kubernetes community. This is our first meetup that we are doing in 2021. Organized very, very quickly, I must say. Thank you very much to all of our speakers for their availability. We'll get to an introduction in a second. Just so everybody knows, this is a community that was started last year in July with the intention of people from all over the world helping other folks out there with their issues when it comes to running Data on Kubernetes, all right? Um, All the issues that are encountered, as most people have traditionally operated using stateless um, workloads, and what we're trying to push in this community are the possibilities, the different ways, and challenges, and how to troubleshoot, how to do things in a stateful way. And obviously, that includes a lot of different aspects, a lot of different elements, which we'll be talking about some of them today, also some recent pieces of news, and also sharing some, some different insights from, as we have three different people from different countries, we actually have six different countries represented um, I'm from the United States, living in Spain, in the Basque country. We have Ari Vandenbos, who's from Holland, from Vlaringer. I'm sure I said that very correctly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Almost. Currently, currently living in, also in the Basque country, in north of Spain. We have Jake, who was born in Ireland, has also lived uh, near Ari and I. Uh, I don't know for how many years. You can explain that later. And is currently living in Brazil. And last but certainly not least, we have Ariel who, and Ariel, can you help me hear? You were born in Argentina, that's correct? Yes. Very good. And have been living in Israel for how many years?
1: Uh, too much, yeah. Okay. 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: okay, more than enough, that's the point. So like I said, we have quite a few different nationalities and languages represented here, which is also a really, really cool part of the community. We counted at the end of last year and we had Over 15 countries represented, and obviously we want to get that to be a lot more Um, this year. Also, we're going to start generating content in local languages. And these three wonderful human beings that are with me are going to be helping out in that process. Um, Because it's great to, you know, English is the language we can say that sort of unifies people from all over the world. But there is nothing wrong with doing things in in local languages. Um, So it's definitely something we're, we're looking forward to explore. Um, Just to get started, though, um, can we have everybody just give a quick introduction now that I've kind of explained where everybody's from. Ariel, can we start with you? How did you get into tech? How did you start working with cloud? You work in a lot of different areas. We could probably spend at least an hour just talking about all the jobs that Ariel has. You'll have to be selective about which ones you want to talk about. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I will try to to be short. Uh, This is something difficult for me, but... uh, Let's say that uh, I was playing all my enough football, uh, not the American one, the real one. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I was injured and uh, like uh, everyone okay, what we are, uh, I will do, you know. I was uh, from Argentina, this is what I want. Came to Israel uh, and uh, and uh, I started to programming C C++, it was the beginning. Uh, it was very boring, you know, writing uh, 2000 lines and not seeing anything. So I moved to the, to the web, uh, SP, VB, Then I moved to the data. I love uh, playing with data. Uh, this was the really beginning in Israel uh, before I think 20 years, Data uh, Warehouse, BI. Uh, and I had the opportunity to work in the, in the big companies here in Israel. Uh, and let's say I, I went from the application side to the system side. Uh, it was a long time uh, uh, system DBA, Oracle uh, SQL Server, and uh, it was easy, you know, being a developer than uh, being a system DBA. But uh, the cloud, the cloud uh, bring me, uh, brought me to, you know, to be in the middle. Okay, I understand the system side, understand the, the application, and was a really a good place, so everything changed uh, about me. I had a, a company, DBA Corporation, uh, where we're doing System again, really easy SLA, nothing more. Uh, a lot of money, but you know, not uh, many uh, interesting thing. And and then the cloud uh, took me to a lot of places. I was uh, leading the Israeli government uh, uh, forum of knowledge. Really, I, I was the, the one that founded it and uh, and really move it until a few months. Uh, uh, I had uh, I have a, a a signed integration company on Azure. Uh, it was sold uh, uh, after uh, 6 7 months and i hope uh, to sell it again but uh, we will talk about it uh, and i and I, and I think that the, the, the cloud really uh, put me in a place that i understood how difficult it would be to uh, uh, you know uh, big companies enterprise smbs not startups to really adopt the cloud so then i founded israel cloud uh, that was uh, the beginning, a small company, a small, company, small community in, in, in Israel, Facebook and a website uh, in Hebrew. You, you talk about the local language, I think that this is very important to have content. Even in Israel, you know that we are the startup nation and, and everything. At the end of the, of the day, people need to understand and to learn something. And if it's new for them, it is better to do it in the local, uh, in the local language and uh and then the, you know uh, israel clouds uh, now in israel we have more than 60 communities uh three websites uh i think the four podcasts blogs etc and and really became you know a, 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 a huge ecosystem of sharing knowledge and uh and we are doing did it uh, well for two years and then we started Europe clouds you know what we did in israel we we uh, tried to do it in let's say in a global we started with europe we have spain clouds germany clouds etc and also uh, came uh, close to Jake in brazil clouds and uh, also the canada clouds and uh, latam you know this is a really an important uh, uh, area for me so like you said i did a lot of things i tried to to uh, to uh, make it short but uh, you know really sharing knowledge helping other people uh, this is the main thing that I, I love to do in, the, in my day-to-day. And I, I have two questions.
0: <clears throat> One question, uh, because the thing is, when I first met you and your brother, because Ariel also works with his brother, Damian, who's a wonderful guy. Um, Just like me. exactly When I heard about all the things you were doing, you know, a lot of people in my life have called me crazy. Uh, Jake and Ari as well. Um, mo- most people who know me at some point will probably say, oh, yeah, he's crazy. But when I met the two of you, I was like, man, I am not crazy. For once, there are two people <laughs> that are crazier than I am, that are way more active. And I, one, of the first, one of the questions that I asked both of them was, how many hours a night or how many hours a month do you sleep? Or how many minutes, I guess we could say. Seriously, how do you, uh, what's your secret? How do you stay on top of all this?
1: I think that uh, uh, one important thing is to enjoy what you do. You know, uh, I have a small uh, vlog that it's called Developer Advocate Stories. And then, you know, interviewing uh, the developer advocates and it's all came, you know, sharing, being part of community, helping people. Uh, This is something that I love to do, you know, like Messi and Michael Jordan. I'm not in their level, but, you know, even if you will not pay them, they will do the same. So uh, really, this is uh, how I see it. And and also one thing is important is when when you do something and it succeed it gives you the like the fuel you know mm. it gets bigger uh, i told you today we had a, a, the first day of a big event here in israel ai and data summit uh, we, we we made a huge ecosystem about, around you know ai and ai and machine learning and also data mm. uh, and more than 1300 people uh, registered to this event you know and it's crazy, you know, and you get the feedback. You, you try to do more. And uh, My wife uh, complained a lot about my time. <laughs> but I enjoy I enjoy, it, I, enjoy it, I really enjoy it. So for me, this is the more, uh, most important thing to enjoy what you do, to share, to help people. And this, you know, like the fuel that uh, that helped me do more. Perfect. Good. My next question is actually about the CNCF,
0: but I think I want to save it for later on because you also are involved in the CNCF. Let's have a talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, we could be here for three hours. All right, Ari, we've had you on before. Can you just give us a little rundown about who you are, where you're at with Kubernetes, what you expect to be doing with Kubernetes in
1: 2021?
2: Yeah, so as you said, living in Bilbao, and uh, since last year, I'm working for uh, for Kurago's uh, software uh, it's a software company, uh, Curaro, uh, developing software for industrial companies working with sheet metal uh, parts so uh, folding metal uh, cutting metal and 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 that kind of stuff and Curaro is one of the first companies that um that is trying to uh, innovate in that business right so to move that part to the cloud so um in 2016 i i started uh, seeing the light, just like Ariel said, in a way, no, it by getting in touch with the cloud and no, a whole new world open and everything made more sense, or at least I felt pretty home in that environment. Very, very good. Pretty good. Um, and, and so I evolved in that area. And that's why cura also hired me to help them, uh, set up this, this environment for them so that they can uh, move their products to, uh, to the cloud and 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 give you no know, uh, like a global availability of all the systems right uh, without having to do uh, uh, manual installations in all the different data centers that all the, their clients have. Um, so at the moment they're not using uh, Kubernetes yet, but it is planned for for 21 to uh, to start using that. So we're busy investigating it at the moment. We're just uh, running uh, on Docker and 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 different uh, no. Uh, like microservices that that are running on uh, on Docker containers, so that's a bit the, the area what no where we're going now. So so moving to to Kubernetes, um, that's why I'm also here you now, trying to learn more and more about the Kubernetes part, not to lose uh, touch and and uh, with with this, uh, yeah, with this. It's not a new technology anymore, but still for me, it's no, it is this this uh, evolving technology in a way. I started working with Kubernetes in uh, in V, where I worked with BART also, uh, which was around 2000, see 2018 in, in, the last, in the last part of of V when I was working there. So now, um, yeah, working on on getting back into shape so that this year we can uh, we can get this uh, up and running for uh, for Coraro. That's what we're doing. Very, very and, uh, of course I'm Dutch uh, and the photo that you've all seen on LinkedIn is uh, me being proud at home in Christmas for Christmas, standing next to a Dutch windmill, still operating, Now operating
0: on a bicycle, on, on a bicycle.
2: bicycle with my dog, dog shirt. So, uh, yeah, no proud to be here. Nice to be here. It's, uh, yeah, what I've seen so far from the dog community has been, has been very nice. The people are very open and nice and, and can't wait for, uh, yeah, for the new uh, the next meetups uh, to start and uh, and to continue with this to make this a big uh, a big community
0: that's exactly it and i think probably towards the end of this month or at the beginning of next month we'll be having our first meetup in dutch uh, with the idea of doing some with uh, with uh more regularity it's very good stuff there and jake what about yourself
3: hello, hello. i'm yeah. jake uh half irish half spanish Um, i lived in in ireland for the first half of my life and spain for for the second half and and uh and yeah and i've been kind of uh i i feel really privileged to be here talking to you lads because um i'm kind of like a representation the really cool thing about the 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 community is that uh, there's people with different languages different backgrounds and i'm kind of like the representation of someone who's kind of like starting from the ground floor because i don't know if you guys grew up with this but like did you guys all grow up knowing exactly what you wanted to do like yeah this is i'm i I know i'm going to be uh, uh, working with kubernetes in the future well obviously not because it didn't exist but i just i was completely uh i I didn't know what to do and over the years i've just tried a bunch of different things i've i've worked in marketing in india i was a bartender in china i uh, i sold cars for a bit i was a tattoo artist but around two years ago i was like uh, it's probably time to settle on a career and uh, just offhandedly talking to a cousin of mine, I realized that, oh, tech is a, r- a really um, interesting field if you're interested in learning, if you're interested in in, in constantly um, having to kind of like push yourself. And, and two years ago, I, I started pursuing certificates. And uh, last year, a friend of mine, he knew that I was kind of going down this route, uh, learning about tech online. And he was like, Hey, let's just go to Brazil. I heard that's pretty, it's a cool place to go to. And, and, and here in the South of Brazil, particularly it's, it's really, really good for, for working in a startup, finding places to, to start a career. So that's pretty much what I, what I did. And, uh, and, uh, being here I, and part of this community in particular is, is really nice because, you get to interact with a lot of people who really know what they're talking about. And I'm the kind of sponge. I'm, I'm just here to kind of like get the information and kind of like ask the, the naive kind of noob questions that, uh, that sometimes people that are just looking on, on their screen would kind of like think of and, and don't really have the chance to, to ask.
0: But I think that's exactly what it's about. And Ariel, you've obviously seen this a lot in all the different communica- uh, communities that you've been building is that you know what we say in english is that there's no such thing as a stupid question only a stupid silence um and so you know be upfront, ask for help somebody out there knows the answer you're probably not the first person who's asked and a lot of people as we've seen many many times in our community they want to be asked right and being asked is a way of saying look i know you have experience in seniority i don't so how can i start with that now to move on to a sort of you know groundwork question just to get us all on the same page we're talking about this issue of running data on kubernetes we spent the last Six months talking about this with lots of folks from lots of different areas, and every time more and more often, or just in the last few few months, um, having more conversations with folks that have reached out to on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Slack, and I mention about our community, and some of them were like, you know what, I've been thinking about and talking about this stuff for years, and people haven't listened to me. Uh, that you know that you can do it. However, something that I've been also having a lot of conversations about regarding running data on Kubernetes is very much that there has to be a business case. Right. Um, as wonderful as the technology might be, as cool as it might be to do this or to do that, unless, you know, as we say in in the US, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. I'm just curious, um, Ariel, in your experience in Israel, do you hear uh, a lot of debates around this subject about, yes, you can run data on Kubernetes, no, you shouldn't, This person says yes. This person says no. What are the right circumstances or conditions in which someone should consider it, where it does make sense uh, from a business perspective? What's your experience been there?
1: Yeah, I I came, uh, you know, from uh, the, I I had a lot of time uh, on the data, you know, database so if you tell me to put my uh, database on uh, kubernetes i say no <laughs> sorry okay but uh, this is i think that the main uh, statement that you have uh, right now i don't think it's not only in israel uh, you know around the, the world it's not really uh, uh, we, we are not really yet there okay also about the mindset i don't know maybe the technology can be there or not but I think that the the the, mind, the 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 state mind of people is really what uh, you know they are scared or, or putting data or databases around this area. So I think that uh, if you look a little back, at the you know Kubernetes is is not uh, here one one day, not one year, a little more. But it's like in every technology, also with cloud, it's you know the, the adoption. You start uh, you like to say the crazy one us. Uh, you start uh, before other people and, and then you know came a, a few more and then is the mass and when the the, the mass came okay so we are in a good place and now let's you know let's move on so i don't know if uh, if the world is ready to put you know the main uh, uh, the main data on uh, on kubernetes but i think that uh, you know in the future this is something that uh, we, we will need to see where it goes but uh, uh, I, I, I am talking with a lot of people in Israel and other part of the world, and I think that uh, we are not yet there. If you see also the adoption of Kubernetes in, in general, you know more the startups are going there in uh, the technology uh, companies, and not the enterprise with all the legacy and, and you know and the, the history that they have. So I think that. Uh, the main, I think, uh, uh, goal of this uh, community is really to push to, to to this place to to understand, to try to to show how it can be done, and uh, and at the end, it's it's all about trust. You know, it, it will take a, ta- a time. We are not there, but I think in the future, yeah, it, it right. will, will come there.
0: This is a good point. Um, and like you said, that we see a lot of startups that are more, let's say, open-minded, or as you said, they don't have the baggage the legacy that they've spent years and years and years building up a system you know i've got 50 dbas who've been working on this in this way and i I don't want to change it or have all my um my it ops people working in a certain way so a lot a lot of it you know we have these conversations again and again it's culture it's mindset as you said you've got to have the right mindset another thing as well too is that and now i can jump into my cloud native question um, and I want Jake and, and Ariel to be thinking about this because this is a word that gets thrown out a lot, all right? But coming from a CNCF ambassador, all right, For you, what is a cloud native mentality? What does that mean? And how can we apply that to data? Ariel, you are the only CNCF ambassador. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no. Uh, let's first, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, like uh, the, the CNCF is really important, you know, with the, the role of uh, of adopting Kubernetes and cloud native in general, you know. Uh, but I, I sometimes don't like the, like they say, you know, you say cloud, you say cloud native, and you said uh, a lot of things, a lot of big words. Of, of the thing, there, are,
0: there are as many definitions as there are people who say it, you know what I mean? Like, I think it, it really depends on who you're talking to.
1: Yeah, so, so I, I don't think, uh, for, for me, you know, my reach to the CNCF and, uh, and what I was trying to do is to really to open the Israeli government uh, to other options, you know, like I think many countries uh, in the world, they are are, the enterprise and the government has really focused on uh, Microsoft technology. I I don't have nothing uh, uh, wrong to say about Microsoft. They are doing a lot of great things, but I think that the. The cloud native and, and the open, I, I call it also open open cloud. You know, to, to really think about the things that you can do and not uh, be you know uh, uh, locked and uh, and uh, and based on on someone's technology. I think that for me is the is the best uh, description that, that I can uh, uh, give to cloud native, not on the technological side, okay, but in the mindset of the of the things. That's very very good, and but that
0: the thing is, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's capitalism, maybe it's our business models. But to tell people that you know spend their lives trying to sell something, to be open to the idea of not being the only ones providing to to their clients, I think once again that's a cultural change that it's gonna that's also gonna take some time. I think things are happening. We do see more people. Sorry, what would you like to say?
1: Yeah, no, no, I I agree with you, but I think that also one, uh, you know, this is one side of the of life. Let's say okay, not be luck. But in the other side, you know, the, when my problem with the CNCF, if you, if you see the landscape, okay, it's crazy. You have uh, you have like uh, hundreds of hundred uh, projects and technology and really, you know, okay, for start startups, cool guys uh, that are ready to learn new things, it's great. But if you look on the, again, on the enterprise, they say, okay, I, w- I need to trust uh, these things. So I think that, uh, again, in the world, you need to see, okay, a really open cloud, really uh, try to not be locked down. But on the other side, you know, that one project uh, should be a, a good one that has, you know, the continuity and not be, uh, you know, uh, based on, uh, I don't know, one or two or, or 10 people that they can stop uh, uh, supporting one project and then that's it. So I think that, uh, again, it's uh, life, it's all about balance and try to uh, choose the right things for your organization. And also, you know, it depends. If you are small, you can take the risk. If you are big, you can not take the risk most of the time. But, you know, you need to reach the, the, the part that you are smart enough to choose what is the best uh, technology and a strategy for, uh, for you and for your company.
0: All right, very good. Now, Arya, someone who works very much with infrastructure, with cost, scalability, things of that nature, When talking about, you know, a business case for cost optimization or, you know, the the best case scenario, we have often fights between sales, engineering, different kinds of battles that go on between different staff members with different objectives. When talking about data related costs and thinking about, you know, running, running, uh, you know, implementing Kubernetes fully, what are things that you think people need to keep in mind in order to reduce maybe some of that tension or some practical things that they should keep in mind?
2: Yeah, that's what we what we talked about um, in the you know, in the in the meetup that I attended also you now as a speaker and in the last cost reduction uh, meetups that we had specifically for this topic. It's like uh, first of all, people should just be should just educate themselves on this topic uh, good enough before making their decision in their in, not in their mind. Like you said, now it's all in the mindset. People are afraid to jump in it mostly because of no because of uh, the technology itself will i be able to you no know, to handle this technology do i have the experience or the knowledge in my house uh, what's going to happen with all the uh, whatever applications or infrastructure that i've running that, that that my it ops guys control so good no but instead of that they can look at the Cuban, at kubernetes and see okay what are these advantages of kubernetes no uh, kubernetes for example provides very very good uh, scaling opportunities. Now you can uh, implement vertical, vertical, vertical scaling, horizontal scaling, and besides that, you can work with the different tags uh, on namespaces. No, the labels uh, called in Kubernetes uh, to control your cost, to, to 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 track your cost, and uh, and like that, um, be be a step ahead on on top of your on top of your cost, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that uh, that it all comes back to this. Um, this fear a bit of making the change if people would educate themselves a bit more maybe it's a time time thing that people do not have the time for it or they don't want to spend the time for it i don't know or a combination of both i think if they would if they would really invest time in it and educate themselves a little bit and read a bit about it or for example uh, ask these questions on the community like hey guys i'm thinking about uh, running a project on kubernetes what would this do to my cost to my governance uh, part like like how do i need to uh, know uh, school my 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 engineers for example and and that stuff i think uh, they can find the proper answers to and to, to see that kubernetes can be uh, cost effective i mean they can reduce the cost when working on kubernetes it's not like having this of course with vms you can also run your your uh, auto scaling solutions and your auto start and stop solutions but then again running on kubernetes um, first of all you remove one of the layers in your uh, infrastructure and second of all it it's all there already. It's all in the market as a very big community. And you know, yep. so yeah.
0: Now, and, and with both of these both of these points, we have you know questions of mindsets because a lot of times what we're talking about as well in the community is that who is going to make the final decision that yes, we're going to do this, that yes, we are going to run our, our data on Kubernetes, that we are going to go for stateful workloads. You know, a lot of times is, you know, how can we put things in practical terms? So it's not just crazy, crazy, crazy technology stuff for technology's sake. That's very exciting. but if we're talking in practical terms about people who are going to be making decisions, IT directors, uh, DevOps directors, CTOs, um, people CEOs, et cetera, how do we put things in a language that's simple enough? And a lot of times that's a financial language. It's a language of efficiency, lots of other things that have to be there, those right elements, no? Now that we've seen two examples of the importance of mentality, Jake, as someone who's sort of new in this world and is starting out, perhaps doesn't have that baggage that those biases or prejudices that some people might have that have been only working with one, one thing or another. Jake, from, from your experience, um, now that you're, you know, in the, in the process of getting certified and things like that and working with cloud technologies, how have you seen this whole element of data in, 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 from a, from your perspective of someone who's new in this?
3: Yeah. So when I, I, just recently, like a few months ago, um, I started um, going for the, the, the Kubernetes administrator uh, certification. And what what kind of the, the difference of, of once you like dive deep into Kubernetes comparing to other technologies is like, whoa, this is actually very, very complex. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not taking away complexity from um AWS or like cloud providers or any other type of technology. But I mean, the, the mammoth project and system, which is Kubernetes is just incredible. So the thing is, when you think about your, your personal application, your personal company, um, and, and you think about applying it and, and, and being cloud native and, and completely moving in and, and using uh, Kubernetes, there's so many more ways to do it wrong. There's so many more ways to pay more, and there's there's less ways to, to do it right. So since it's a complex thing, and a complex system, you really just have to start off. I would probably say by just knowing exactly what kind of data do you have, what what kind of um, um, value are, are you creating, and like, is it does it make sense for you to be uh, to to, to does your data need to be on the edge? Um, are, you, are you losing customers because because you, your latency isn't there, or or what is it? What what understand your your product is is what I'm trying to say, and then at the same time understand the technology to be able to get the best out of it. Because if you just go on on like any like uh, Twitter thread and and you and you go into like the debates about oh the oh, 100% cloud or, or serverless or you always hear people saying like, oh, but it's, you're, you're, you're never going to make money on cloud or they're, they're just going to suck you dry. And it's like, well, maybe you just don't know how to use it properly. And like, I'm not saying that that's bad. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to know how to use it properly. But, uh, no, but I think it's a really,
0: really good point. And I think that there's such a rush and we live in an age where everything's plug and play. Wouldn't it be so wonderful that all these things could just be plug and play? You know? and, and it's something that I've talked about. We've talked about many, many times. Is once again, culture, mindset are not things that are, you know, that happen with a click. You know, you, those are things that are built that you need to allow the proper resources for, for that mentality to be there. Whether it's, we're going to have a great talk. I'm really, really excited uh, in a couple of months about, um, about policy, all right, about having good policy, good governance, security from the very beginning, not something that's only to be added later on when you're trying to seal around and the investors start to ask a lot of questions. These things need to be from the very, very beginning. Now. Changing subjects a little bit. Um, Ariel, how many Slack, uh, how many Slacks do you have open normally on a given day considering <laughs> Israel Clouds, Europe Clouds, uh, Spain Clouds, all these other clouds we mentioned, a lot of other stuff in Europe. I'm just honestly curious. Do you know how many Slacks you have open every day?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that we have in Israel more than 60 communities. And I, I stopped uh, counting uh, yeah, I, I think that it's also my problem. I think that is that, that you know, I follow the community. At the beginning, we we were just a Facebook community. More than uh, I think we were two thousand, and then someone uh, told me, why do the, the don't you have a WhatsApp group? And say, okay, you want WhatsApp? We have WhatsApp. <laughs> so it started from Israel Cloud, the AWS. Now we have like five of them, and Israel Cloud, Azure, Israel Cloud, you know. And it starts, and then we move to the AI world. So okay, you have data science, you have algorithmic people, uh, and even you know, uh, when you talk about FinOps or, or, or cloud economy, you have the the you know procurement people, the CFOs, and the other side you have the FinOps. And you know, this is not the same uh, language that everyone uh, speak, different things. So I, I think that uh, uh, I have two phones. One, I have all the groups and one is uh, for my personal use, let's say, <laughs> just to talk. And uh, yeah, I have, you have, uh, when I do the restart about the computer, uh, it takes me one day to-, to <laughs> open
0: <laughs> Okay, good. But this, this is, I figured you'd be the perfect person to ask. So with the Slack outage that happened, Right. With oh. all these, I'm saying, how was your day? You know, how did that go without having access? <laughs> it, was <great>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was great.
0: You had a real day off. Yeah. Your, your, your wife, your partner was probably very, very happy. Yeah. But
1: I, I think, but this is, you know, this is a, a, a really important issue that, that happened. Uh, you know, we say, you know, like cloud or, 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 or Kubernetes, you know, new technologies, things like that. And, and we try to say that. Uh, I, I believe you know the the, the cloud is more secure than, than the than the you know the on-prem uh, uh, of most of the companies, right? But you know problems will happen. Even you know when uh, I believe that Slack has many 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 smart people, but uh, <laughs> you know at the end uh, at the end uh, uh, faults will happen and uh, and things will go down. And I think that. Uh, that, you know, this is something that, that we need to uh, live and be prepared also, you know. Uh, we are talking about our companies, our our system, uh, our everything. So from one side is, yeah, to uh, to be aware of that. But then again, you know, it's all about trust. It will happen every day. Obviously, it, it doesn't happen. So we ha- we will have problems. But again, I didn't have the time to read uh, what's happened there, but I believe that the, uh, they will uh, uh, talk about what happened and then how they fix it. And this is something that also other companies will uh, will understand. I, I just want th- uh, want to send a, a thing about what uh, Jake uh, said in, in the community. Really, when I started the, the Israel Cloud, there was a, an operation, something a, a community. And you know, when I entered there, they were you know really snobs with the uh, nose up, and the people were asking questions. You know, and, and really. Th- they were not so nice uh, to people, so I said, "Okay." I said to the guy, uh, if getting his name, I said, "Okay, thank you very much. You helped me understand what how my community will will uh, will be, you know." And I think that this is uh, uh, one of the most things. Even you are smart, we started with the cloud before uh, four years, you know, it's okay. Someone will start now, one, two years, you will also know. So, you know, being modest and helping people, I think that uh, that is really uh, what we do. This is what community has. It's not uh, different if you are in the real world, when you help your neighbor, uh, if he has a problem, like I had with my car last week and someone came with the cable and helped me, uh, and uh, in the community, if someone ask a question, you want to help them answer. And I'll tell you the truth, when we started uh, Spain Cloud here, uh, we also WhatsApp, and someone asked a question and we th- we didn't have enough people. So I go to Israel Cloud, trans- translate the question, they answer, and then I translate back. So I think that uh, this is what uh, our mission is, uh, our goal is to help as many people with their, with their job, because with their day to day, because there, you know, I, I, I always say that for me, when I help someone, uh, it, you know, I, I get more than he, than he get uh, from me. And, and really, at the end, you help people keep their job, be better at their job. And, uh, you know, this is uh, what people need, uh, help each other
0: it's a really good point and i think both in the case when you know with the google problems that happened um in december and once again people, how could this possibly happen it's google you know 2020 coronavirus covid 19 the world's coming to an end this can't happen and then we start 2021 with slack going down and and once again is it you know is it an opportunity to start you know throwing rocks at slack probably not it's probably an opportunity to say hey look let's all take a look at this together so we can prevent this from happening in the future let's learn from our mistakes I think just to a regular consumer is that they see these systems as, you know, infallible, instructable that they can't go wrong with that in mind. I want to ask both. I want to ask all three of you, but, um, let's start with Jake, um, from a, you know, where we, you know, we say in English, if, if you fail to plan, then plan to fail. All right. So with that in mind, or the best defense is good offense, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, being proactive about these kinds of things with things like chaos engineering, I'm just curious, um, your experience, you know, you're, you're, you're getting involved more and more in this world. How is something, how do, how do you see that? And, and how do you think that these things, the, the lessons from both Slack and, and maybe in the case of Google, but in general, general terms, um, what kind of, you know, best practices um, do you think companies should have it, to, should keep in mind to, to really, uh, we, I think this is a good business case for why chaos engineering is something important. So what do you think about that?
3: So, like, I'm I'm sure you guys have all had this experience in the past too. But like, when you um, sit down and you're like um, trying a new uh, a new uh, to 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 solve a new um, question or or do an a coding activity, and uh, you you read the theory, you have everything done, you 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 put in all the all the instructions and you you press enter and of course it doesn't work it never works the first time and and then you go back you look and you see what happens and then i ah, then you you see the bug you see what you did wrong and if if you understood it it it's probably not going to happen again so what you just did there was you just you just created some resilience you 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 saw uh, an error you learn from it and then you it'll be kind of difficult for you to make that error again and that's what kind of chaos engineering is. I mean, uh, it, if, 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 you, if you think that uh, your system is up and, oh, it's working now, it's probably always going to, to work, the, you're, you're, you're wrong. Like, the, the, things will um, always, always fail. And it's good to kind of, like, not only be aware of that, but kind of embrace it and, and realize, no, 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 things are going to fail and it's kind of good because uh, failure is, a, is an opportunity. So, so of course, I mean, we have like the famous um, example of, of Netflix in two thousand ten. They developed um, Chaos Monkey, and of course, it's kind of it's 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 a best practice now. Be the person that, or or be the the influence that that creates that noise in your system, and 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 then kind of uh, engineer solutions for it. So you build that resilience, and you you get better. So. I'm sure there are people at, in, at Slack who are and at Google last year who are like scratching their heads and like, oh, really? Uh, and and then other people are like, oh, cool, yeah. This is this was an interesting thing that happened. We weren't expecting it. And 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 resilience is what you want. Like if you want to um, give your customers the uh, de- de- deliver on the SLA, you you have to be resilient, and you you're you're only going to really get there through trial and error.
0: Great point. I think Ari, you had some experience, you know, working in the e-commerce world, particularly, you know, peak sales days and things like that, obviously with a, you know, with a lot, a lot of, you know, plenty of traffic that's going to be coming in. Um, And I think you do have experience using Chaos Monkey, Ari?
2: Um, personally, I didn't work with it a lot. No, no, we, it was used, but I didn't work. Uh, I didn't touch it that much. But but yeah, I I we do have uh, I do have some experience in. that. Yeah, field. I mean like
0: simulating infrastructure outages and things like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that we used to do with different tests, uh, load testing, and 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, Chaos Monkey itself, I never used, uh, but we did do those uh, those tests in combination now and together with the with the with the with the developing teams, uh, the, the teams of developers. Um, and just seeing seeing what happens there with the code, seeing what happens with your uh, with your infrastructure to be able to, uh, no, to react to uh, to these things. Um, that's what we're doing uh, right now also at uh, at Curaro. Everything that we're setting up is, we're thinking about it the way we should think about it. We're trying to implement all the best practices, but now, as you've all said. Of course, uh, a mistake is, is can be this, and and no, and your system can 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 fail at a certain moment. It happens to the best, as we as we also say, um, and that's why I think it's important also to no, not to. I mean, it's it's the same with WhatsApp. No, when WhatsApp fails, everybody is like, ah, WhatsApp this and WhatsApp that. How can they do this? And I missed my whole life and whatever. I mean. Because We're all humans, and at the end, of course, it's running on computer systems. But it's a human who has created, who has created it. No, so the best you can do is what 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 Jake also said: uh, try to debug your code at the moment that it fails. Uh, you fix it. You learn from your errors. Of course, document your uh, <laughs> your changes that you make. That's also a big one, and uh, and like that, you're you're better prepared. In in my opinion, it's um, yeah. It's it's especially for these platforms like Slack, uh, where you get peaks or e-commerce. Nowhere in in the business what uh, where my previous company uh, worked in, like you get a lot of peaks: Black Fridays, Christmas, uh, different special days. And Slack will be the same. And and look at what happened to to Zoom also in the beginning of the year and and all these uh, all these uh, no with with the, with the Corona crisis. Uh, you know, they all had to scale up big time. There were problems here and there. Teams had to scale down the quality. You know, Microsoft had to scale down the quality and everything. So no one is prepared for really big jumps and hops and whatever. So, yeah, we can only learn from, from, from the errors or the mistakes. Not, they don't have to be mistakes, or so from, from the things that happen, to say it like that. No? From...
0: Okay, that's fine. Good. Ariel, do you have any personal experiences of having, you know, a catastrophe that perhaps could have been prevented with better chaos engineering? No. <laughs> <laughs> not one you
1: know but you might know somebody maybe your brother maybe your brother <laughs> uh, I, I, can, I can tell that uh, you know uh, if you if we talk about really chaos engineering, uh, AWS announced in the last uh, uh, reinvent uh, AWS call injection simulator I think that is the, is the the name uh, and uh, you know the they give a lot of a lot of focus on that. You know, it's based like uh, Jake said about the uh, Netflix, um, uh, CodeMonkey or or whatever it's called. But I think that you know, uh, building uh, like a platform for thousands of people, even more millions of people that, that are using, uh, the mistake will happen, and you cannot close everything. I I, I remember that I was a developer. I was very uh, angry about myself and my team. When they made a mistake i say how why and uh, but in the end uh, you learn that uh, yeah it's happened and uh, I, so I i know that uh, as a dba i almost ruined uh, uh, one of the most important uh, databases of the minister of finance they don't know until now because i i, I really <laughs> fixed it in the in the in the last minute uh, it's okay. We
0: can edit this part out of the video. Yeah, no, but I I don't
1: work there anymore. So it's okay. But uh, you no, know, I really changed the DLN of the, uh, the Oracle uh, EFC. So uh, so yeah, uh, problems will happen. You need to try to uh, you know to really think about the the most the uncommon mistake that that you can do and then be prepared. But uh, I don't you know I, I don't uh, touch the 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 keyboard lately in the last uh, few years, so I, I escape a little. Hopefully, I will stop doing uh, everything and came back to be a technology person.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I think it's a good point. Is what you said is that, and and once again, thinking about a business case for for chaos engineering is how do you convince a company to say, look, you need to put five people from from this group and five people from that group, and you need to think about all the possible worst case scenarios or research that are invest. A lot of people are saying, no, 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 that's a waste of time, that's a waste of money. How do you, how do you get that inside of a company's culture from the beginning? Once again, whether it's policy, good governance, best practices, uh, security, things of that nature, um, convincing companies that this needs to be part of their day one strategy. Um, I think that uh, obviously, Jake, as you mentioned, there are historical examples. uh, The Netflix one, being a very famous one that then led to the creation of Chaos Monkey. Um, It's very often. It's only when something really, really goes wrong that we start to take it seriously. Or that if people know, and, may, and I'm sure there are plenty of other cases that don't make it to the press, or right, that don't make it in, into the media that we don't see in, in Twitter, things of, uh, of that nature. And that would probably make people even more aware. You know, it's like when they talk about hacking, this is a big thing in security. That, you know, there are two types of companies, the ones who know they've been hacked and the ones who don't. Um, and, and with a lot of these kinds of things, I think, you know, from a, because, you know, uh, Ariel, you work as an advisor sometimes for CIOs and CTOs. Uh, Is this a conversation that comes up? Like I said, the business case for chaos engineering.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, uh, lately, you know, the the people love love to use the Cloud Center of Excellence, the CCOE. Uh, I really believe that is uh, one of the great things that any company uh, should uh, build and try to uh, establish at the beginning of, you know, the I don't know if the cloud journey of any technologic new uh, journey that they they make. Uh, and, And yeah, I think that uh, the problem is, you know, to uh, f- sometimes you know when you talk to the sea levels it's uh, difficult uh, to uh, they, from there to understand that they can do mistakes. So you know, you know, uh, you need to know how to approach them. You know, mm-hmm. but I think you know most of them are smart people, and when you give the examples of what other companies uh, do and how they, uh, you know, they and uh, make themselves prepared for, for problems. You know, you say Netflix, you say the NASDAQ that they were using at the beginning that the big CTO that made all the change there in idea, they, are, they you know they say, okay, if other companies uh, do that, we should do it uh, also. So I think that, you know, bring, bringing a real example of, of life, it's, it's important. And I think that one of the most important things about the, the problems, mistake, uh, outage, and everything that happened in the cloud, you know, they are very uh, the, the clarity. I, I think that is the, the the word that I would love to use. They, they show you everything. What was the mistake? Uh, how we fix it? How much time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when you know it's all open, you also gain some trust. That you know the the like you say, uh, most of the company will say, okay, I was not attacked, nothing happened. But yeah, okay. And then uh, nothing uh, fell down on my company, you know, it's uh, never happened. Or I, like, didn't, I didn't see it if it did, and then like the I said before,
0: before no. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's true, it's true, it's true. And, that, and it's funny, is that like, you know, in terms of life lessons, something that I learned very early from my dad is like, if you made a mistake, raise your hand as quickly as possible and say that you did it and own your mistakes. And then, like you said, then you gain trust and you show responsibility and maturity and confidence that, that you're human. Like you said, that when you get in the C-level area, that's tough. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure to start pointing fingers. There's also a lot of responsibility almost in a, you know, I often think of a, you know, a military structure, the commander accepts responsibility um, and doesn't start pointing fingers at other people. Uh, but I think that, like you said, saying yes, there was a mistake and this is exactly what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. And now I'm going to tell you about what we're going to do to avoid that in the future. Um,
2: Use Kubernetes.
3: Yeah, News that's Kubernetes, it.
0: that's it, it involves everything. Like yeah. the, great, the great Dilbert comic, uh, comic that uh, Alkin shared with us in November, is that, yeah, you just say Kubernetes.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. But no, but
0: seriously, that, but that's it, is that, and because this is a conversation we have very frequently, who is the person that's going to have the conversation? Is it going to be someone in, in Jake's position of someone who's, you know, kind of starting out in this, that's going to say, hey, I read this article, or I saw this, uh, I saw this video, or I tried this experiment on my own. Uh, do we need 10 people? You know, what are the right conditions in, evil, in order to have those conversations? Whether it's about chaos engineering, whether it's about cybersecurity, DevSecOps, whether it's about, uh, about uh, container attached storage, all these different things is that how do you contextualize them in the right way, empathizing with the other person, understanding their stress levels and sources of influence because it's one thing what they think but they have to report to somebody else. All those things have to be taken. So there's a lot of psychology involved in this. I think yeah.
1: Really
2: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Politics, a- psychology. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, there's a, it's, it's a kind of Game of Thrones. I mean, we don't want to say it that way, but like, uh, well, hopefully, people you know aren't killing each other.
2: But uh, I think it's very important also the the trust part that the uh, that management gives no gives the the engineers at the end At least it's what I what I've seen in the, in the different companies I'm in. In one company you need to make a report and you need to make uh, take all your documentation and paperwork and throw it on the table and make thousands thousands of presentations and the other company can tell you listen I, I hired you for a reason. I know you're a specialist. I want you to do it we follow what you say of course you have to defend your argument no it cannot cost th- thousands of euros but i think that that really helps at least where i'm working currently it's really they they really give us the not the power i want to call it but the the choice of you no know, the, the opportunity to make our own decisions for what we think is better for our infrastructure as a team you no know, as an as a devops uh Ops team so i think that's very important also in making all these decisions that you just mentioned not just about kubernetes or data or just about the general infrastructure part also right mm. that's why we also chose for for different solutions and then we're trying to set up the things the right, best as we time? can oh sorry, right.
3: sorry Ari. Yeah, Jake, yeah jump in um is there time for just a quick anecdote? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah of
0: course yeah
3: perfect so um i remember i was a I was a food tour guide in madrid and there was a guy on the tour <laughs> I can't wait and, the and he was here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh And he was a a CTO for a a big tech company in the United States. He said, anyway, I I don't remember the name of the company. And and I was already interested in tech, so I I took the opportunity to ask him. I said, in your opinion, what is the most important skill that uh, an IT professional should have totally expecting for him to kind of zero in on some kind of specific technical skill that you really need. And I mean, we've all heard this before, but like the, his answer was like super clear, which is just communication. You need to be good at communicating. And, and when it comes to kind of advocating for, uh, for um, uh, chaos engineering, if if you are a proactive uh, IT professional and you're like I'm kind of learning from these um, um, experiences that all these other big companies have had. Maybe my company hasn't had it yet, but I want to be able to look at what would happen. Why? How much money would we lose if we if we if we didn't look at these things? And and if you are good at communicating it, putting it in a nice presentation, and talking directly to your um, uh, manager, they don't need to know everything that goes into the, like the little. In, um details of what could go wrong but just say this is the kind of money that you could lose this is the things that we need to do it costs this much it's really and if you kind of like communicate it in in, in, in a nice way in yeah an easy to understand way and i, I that's think it's it. a
0: really positive sign on uh you know seeing senior jake because uh as someone jake you are in your 20s still that's correct yes so,
3: um officially i've got one more year left 29
0: okay that's good no but i'm saying it's a really really good sign just because i think that what i was going to say about that is that whether it's knowledge of sales or business knowledge, I think a little bit can go a long way. And it's it's totally understandable that many people are like, look, I went to university to be a technician, to do technical stuff. Everything's gotta be technical, technical, technical. And that's okay for some roles, but generally the higher you get up and the more influence that you wanna have, you have to understand the other side. And we always see these conflicts between tech and business. But I think if, with that mindset, and, and Jake, as you also mentioned that you sold, I, I'm going to get this mixed up. I'm going to end up saying that you sold cars in a bar in India, but that's not true. <laughs> uh, and, um, but you've had lots of other jobs. And so those things are very, very positive to influence that kind of mindset and mentality um, and empathy that's necessary to, to make these things work. Um, Ariel, would you agree that what the the tech side needs more is maybe more business or the business side needs more tech or we just need more communication in general?
1: I I think that, uh, yes, communication is is one of the most important things that that you need. I I think that what cloud really uh, did to the world is two things. One allow a lot of technical changes that were not be able uh, before. You know, when I was uh, at the beginning of my DBA, you have uh, one Oracle or SQL Server a- every four or five years. You know, now uh, hundreds of uh, of services every every month. Every, every five day. minutes, yeah. It feels yeah, like, yeah. I, you, you cannot follow. So this is one thing. But the the, the second thing is it's really connected, and and uh, and this is how I I try to. Uh, Establish when I go and consult to, to the companies how to establish the CCOE. Is that okay? Before five years, you were a CTO, CIO. You have a good life. It was easy. You need to buy storage. You need to buy servers. You need to buy I don't know what else. A, 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 you know physical things. One every one year, two years. You know there was not need to. To, to uh, be on on the technical side and uh, and all the changes that that happening now, what now you know sea uh, levels cannot be as technical as let's say Jake is okay. Even me, I uh, forty five uh, in in the the last uh, the that last day of this month, and and I think that. The, the really understanding that you need to rely on your people, some of that uh, Ari said before, is really important because you, you cannot follow every, every changing in every aspect. So when I, uh, when I talk to them it say, uh, okay, trust your people, uh, talk to them, try to understand, like Jake said, okay, okay, I go to Kubernetes and blah, blah, but okay, tell me why. Uh, see, look at the business cases that uh, your company need to do uh, this year, plan them, okay and how now let's choose the technologic that uh, help you reach there the most not only also the the most fast or rapid way but the secure and uh, and, uh, and 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 smart way because there is a lot of gap that uh, people need to uh, to catch in, in this mind but really the idea of you know the the sea level talking more to the to the technologic people even if you know in the middle ranges that you have this is more important, and also you know the, the changes that are happen, happening in the in your role. You were an IT guy, you, or you were a developer guy, and now you know as a DevOps you are you know you need to understand the 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 system and also write code. And now you are a security guy, and the DevOps now are DevSecOps. Dev you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's really it's really uh, not easy today for big companies to to try and. Uh, and accomplish and, and do all these changes that they need to do. It's uh, it's funny for us to talk, but when you know you are a CTO now and, and you need to to see how how to make it happen, and it, it's really difficult, I think. But uh, it is difficult. But I think, as uh, what you said, Ariel, and also and also Ari, is the issue
0: of trust. That with power comes responsibility, and so that's the thing. Is you know, with a lot of C-level people, is like don't necessarily tell me about your technology stack, tell me about the actions that you have implemented in your company so that there is trust and openness. In the same way that we talked about that importance for building a good community. If people don't feel comfortable asking questions, if people feel like they're gonna get a negative response or that they're they're bothering someone if they ask a question, that's gonna be a big turnoff and people are gonna lose interest very, very quickly. So in the same way in a company is, what kind of atmosphere do we have do people feel like they have an ability to give their opinion even if i disagree how do i disagree i still say thank you for giving me your opinion all that kind of stuff is that we need to have environments that are approachable so that people can get these things out in the open um now since we we've got a little bit of time left i just want to think more about you know technical things that we expect to see in 2021 particularly related to data ariel since you are in the cncf um you go first what do you what do you expect to see uh, in the data world Right, related to running data on Kubernetes in two thousand twenty-one.
1: No, I just if, if I want to say that, I would love to see more data running on Kubernetes. This is the this is the, the I think the idea. Uh, I I run a little, you know, about the the details, and now I am doing a vlog in Israel. Uh, that is called the uh, cloud uh, we call it "yalla to the cloud so le, com, like vamos to the cloud yeah or let's go to the cloud yeah uh, and uh, we open really a cloud native uh, uh, series uh, about this you know but when we started to talk about uh, you know the topics that uh, we will talk about then we really went to the basics I-, I know that a lot of people are you know running uh, in, in in advance but I-, I don't know if this year will be the the jump of the of the data on Kubernetes. I think that this year will be more the uh, huge adoptions on uh, on enterprise about Kubernetes in general. And I think the next step, let's say, I don't know if ne- uh, next year or something like this, when more, more, more companies will reach the, uh, big companies will reach the, the stage that they use a massive uh, 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 Kubernetes, then the, th- the second uh, part will be the, you know, moving more data to Kubernetes. This is how I see the, you know, the, this coming here.
0: Like you said, is that I think that the conversation is moving from you're totally crazy to, oh, tell me more about that. You know, like, because, because like you said, at the enterprise level, lot, and we see this uh, just locally speaking, a lot of companies that, and, and also certain governmental organizations that should know much more about Kubernetes than they currently do. And it's kind of frightening, and I'm not going to mention names, but, uh, but some major, major companies, but a lot of it's because, like you said earlier, you know we've got legacy, we've got baggage, we've got resistance. We've got some people who are going to retire in a few years and they don't want battles or problems. They just want to go out smoothly. Um, so it's a question of leadership, having the right questions, having the right environment. Um, but one of the things that you know we're trying to say is that data on Kubernetes, that in 2021, we want to go from being really big hipster is to be a little bit more mainstream um you know that we want to we want to start normalizing this making it not just such a and what if i did instead and what this community is all about use cases show me how you've done it you use this operator you did it this way what are your what's your instruction manual how can i do the same thing in what circumstances is it a good idea in what circumstances is it not um jake or Ari, anything you want to add to that about things you expect to see in 2021
2: Mm, yeah, from some blogs that I that I've been reading recently, also I I think that uh, of course they on Kubernetes. I totally agree with what Ariel said. Also, no, uh, that people will adopt more more Kubernetes. But I think that the, the automation part of uh, of the whole Kubernetes um, infrastructure, to call it like that, would be uh, should no should get pumped up a little bit more like uh, to to automate the process of uh, of rolling out or spinning spinning up your your kubernetes clusters without manual interventions configurations in code in small host files or config files or whatever related to your applications i think that uh, that could be a huge uh, benefit for uh, for devops uh, guys, maybe something related to artificial intelligence on Kubernetes or in that area might be interesting also.
0: Interesting enough of that too is that somebody once said, I want to say about two months ago or three months ago in one of the meetups that, uh, or maybe it was in a podcast, I'm not sure, but that, you know, when we talk about automation, that that is automatically artificial intelligence. If we say automate, you know, that if something is learning in a way to do something more, you know, repeatedly you know, I we talk about AI and people think, you know, the Matrix and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator and things like that. But, uh, and if and you've seen, anyway, if you've seen some of the things with robots lately from the over Christmas, there's some interesting things happening there. But still, <laughs> um, Jake, I know that you're a big automation fan. So, anything that you would want to add to that?
3: Well, yeah, actually, just um, feeding off what Ari said, um, and I'm sorry to bring it always back to kind of like personal anecdotes, but like just recently. <laughs> but yeah, no, actually, like just recently, um, I, I caught up with two mates, a guy, uh, a guy from um, China, and he actually now works for Fujitsu, the, the kind of air conditioning unit. Uh, they, have, they have a bunch of different things too, but, but he, he works for them. And another friend from Turkey, and she works. Um, she's a materials engineer, and she works for a refrigerator company. So um, they were asking me about my life, and, and I told them about DevOps and about being really interested in cloud and Kubernetes, and they both knew what I was talking about. And I was like, what? "Well, but you're not involved in tech. How do you, how do you know?" And the they're creating their companies are creating um, uh, appliances with sensors. Where they are creating their own um, departments with uh, with um, IT guys. And and the Internet of Things is is only growing. And as as you said, Ari, um, artificial intelligence and machine learning is is only just going it, to it's only going to keep on expanding and uh and and with that expansion we'll, it, we'll also um going back to um edge computing too is is also going to continue um growing because of course um you you when it comes to like machine learning and and ai th- those things are, are really um latency sensitive and and you, you will kind of need uh, that kind of computing if you want to to offer some quality products
0: very very good but like you said i think an interesting point there and something that rick vasquez who works in percona mentioned one time that um you know nowadays every company is a tech company this idea that there are specific companies that only well of course there are some that are more focused but coca-cola is a tech company you know the uh, levi's is a tech company every every single company now has to have these components in there so whether you're in sales or in management or operations uh, I mean, operations, more in a traditional financial sense. These are things that are not going to be so foreign. You know, these, these concepts and, and, and departments, et cetera, are becoming so and so integrated um, that, it's, that it, now it's not just something that's for, for nerds or, you know, people that, that only are focused on technology. That being said, we're pretty much out of time. Um, I know that we could go a lot longer. We could probably do an entire episode of this in Spanish, um, but, uh, but we, don't have, we don't have any more time. Something that we always like to do, and something it's very nice that Ariel mentioned this in the beginning, that communities really have to be about giving. And the more people that I've met that run podcasts, that have communities, things like that, it generally seems to come back to the same thing. You have to kind of define what's your way of giving. And so some things that I want to mention just for everybody out there, we have t-shirts. I'm wearing one. Ariel is wearing one. There is one on its way to Brazil for Jake. Ariel, I need to get your address to send you some to, to Israel. We do have... I am
1: with Marvel right now. You know? Oh! Well, that's <laughs> why you're, you're a
0: superhero. I mean, with as many... Sl- you are a slack man, as man. With all your different slacks of it. Um, And companies. Like I said, we need to have another episode just to talk about... And we should bring your wife, uh, Ariel, so that we can get her version of, of what the things are that you do. Um, <laughs> and anyway. how much
2: that he sleeps.
0: Yeah, and how much he sleeps and doesn't sleep. <laughs> how many minutes. So, so yeah, like I said, we do have t-shirts. So if anybody wants one, just uh, contact me on Slack, LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. We'd be happy to get one out to you. All we ask in return is that you take a picture of yourself wearing it. If you don't want to show your face, that's fine. But just so we can see all the different parts of the world where, where we're present. That's one part of it. Um, as usual with every meetup, we always donate um, to different charities. And one that we've been working with lately is uh, The Last Mile, which helps uh, incarcerated individuals learn programming to have better possibilities of getting jobs once they're released. And this is a population that's been very, very negatively affected by the COVID situation right now in the United States. Um, so we will continue to work with them and we're very excited about working more with them to be working with their developers, to be helping us with, um, with different events that we're gonna be doing with creating websites and things of that nature. Um, so there'll be a donation going out in all three of your names. You will see that on Twitter. And we always like to give our guests a little piece of original artwork. All right. We another thing we're going to be incorporating more is artwork, also music. If you play an instrument, or if you know somebody does, does anybody here play an instrument? Jake, do you play the Ilian pipes or something Irish?
1: <laughs>
3: no, no, not yet.
1: It's not on the yet. List. Okay, 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 it's
0: on there.
1: Ari, we I played piano before uh, 30 years, of uh, Ariel, you no. don't
0: play? No. Yeah, no. Could you sing us the Argentinian national song?
1: Maybe. <laughs> and the Israeli one to, to balance it out. No, but anyway, that's fine. But we can encourage- sing Vamos, Vamos, Argentina. It? That, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and yell it to the cloud. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, no. we want to encourage anybody, if you have talents, if you like to do different stuff, I'm sure you've seen the rap videos that I've been putting out. But we want to encourage anybody who wants to do something, just let us know. We'd be happy to share it. We want this to be a space where people can have fun. Um, also, like I said, we're going to start doing things in other languages, but going back to, to previously, a tradition that we have in the data on Kubernetes community is that we collaborate with a fantastic artist out of the Luthu. And so, Gorka, could you share our screen now so you guys can see the wonderful piece of art um, that Angel was working on while we were, while we were talking? I hope you can all see that. <laughs> We've got a lot of different stuff on there. We talked about a lot of stuff, all right? So while we're talking, I'm sending Anka messages. And um, anyway, Anka is amazing. Always creates great stuff. Great. <laughs> it's a wonderful way of, of having a visible record of the stuff we do. He also has a great <laughs> sense of humor. So he adds his own touch to everything that we do. Um, so so anyway, um, so thank you, Angel, as usual. We'll put that in social media. Very nice. Very um, nice. Oh, thank you. Oh, very good. <laughs> good. Um, that being said, thank you all so much for attending. We will have two meetups next week. Um, one focused on our friends that are in Asian countries. Um, so the timetable will be a little bit earlier. Um, so that'll be more flexible for them. Um, with um Miguel Ángel and José Luis, who are writing a book about best practices in Kubernetes. Two people that are also connected to Ariel, interestingly enough, through Miguel Fontanilla. We will
1: do Kubernetes Spania uh, blog podcast with them. Very, very yeah. good.
0: Okay, we're, we're, we're all connected. All right, so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, so we'll be with them earlier in the day at around 2.15 our time in Central Europe, Central Euro, uh, European time, Central Europe time. And then later, we'll be having a conversation with Jim Walker, um, the VP of Marketing from uh, Cockroach DB uh, from Cockroach Labs. He's going to be talking about uh, distributed databases, lots and lots of really, really cool stuff. So next Monday is going to be fun. We've got meetups planned all through January and all the way through February. Um, but like I said, we're interested in organizing things also for other timetables. And as I said, we're, we're definitely planning on getting these things started in other languages. Um, so that being said, once again, thank you so much to our our wonderful guests. I um, cool. hope to get t-shirts out to both Jake and Ariel as quickly as possible. And we'll see all of you in Slack, LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and everywhere else where you might be. Thank you.
3: Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Take Thanks it easy. Cheers. Okay. Thanks. Nice bye one. bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.